today's theme, Christ's birth foretold. You know, in this time that we have between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's, for me at least, it's a, it's a renewed time of thankfulness. And what, what better gift or thing to be thankful for than the birth of our Lord and Savior? And I'd like to start out this morning by reading from Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth from me to be ruler of Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she, who is in labor, has born a child. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for your divine plan, a divine plan that that existed since before the first rock was created, before Adam and Eve. We thank you, Lord, for your omniscience, your omnipotence, your omnipresence, that you are here with us as you are here with Christians around the world. We do thank you, Lord, that you are a loving God and you loved us so much that you sent your son to take on flesh, to be born, to bleed, to be beaten, and to be crucified on our behalf, to take our place. Father, we thank you for that truth. We thank you for that love that you show us. And we just pray, Lord, that you would use us, you would use this body of believers as instruments and tools to, to accomplish your will, to further your kingdom to honor and glorify you. We pray that this service, Lord, would glorify you. Pray that you would glorify yourself through this service and that as we are here this morning, that we can quiet our hearts and our minds to focus on the word as it's taught, to focus on you, to focus on that blessed babe that was born to be our Savior. So we thank you for this morning, Lord, and just pray that all glory and honor would be yours and yours alone. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So we're fast approaching mid-December. And it's the time of year when we often think about nativities, whether you have a nativity at home, your neighbors might have one on their snow-covered lawn. The song, Away in a Manger, Bing Crosby, maybe Andy Williams, the cattle lowing and mooing. The scene isn't of a grown man in a manger, but it's of a baby. I was thinking the other day, Christ could have come in the form of a grown man, but he didn't. In Philippians 2, we read that Christ humbled himself, being found in the form of man. The word man, anthropos, might be better tra- translated mankind. Christ came in the most humbling of state, in the form of of a baby, baby that was prophesied in the Old Testament and the New. There are many verses in Scripture that talk about the coming Messiah. There are a handful that reference the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Genesis 3.15 we read, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Adam Eve, sin, 
the magnitude of that sin sinking in. And we have God's grace already on display here with the first good news. From the seed of Eve will come the Savior. Shortly after sin entered the world, God began to divulge his eternal plan for salvation. In Isaiah 7, 14, we read, Behold, a virgin will come, will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah, an Old Testament prophet to Judah, ministered in and around Jerusalem during the reign of Ahaz. In chapter 7, God gave King Ahaz a sign in the form of a prophecy. Emmanuel, of course, means God with us, as we see this promise echoed in Matthew 1.23. God with us. Further on in chapter 9, we see more prophecy about the coming king, the birth of that king. In verse 2 we read, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. The great light is, of course, reference to the coming Messiah. In John 1, the apostle writes, In him was life, and the light was the life of men. Jesus is often referred to as the light. In the coming verses, 6 and 7 in Isaiah 9, we read, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. These verses only further elaborate what we just read in Isaiah 7.14. They show God's grace and fullness, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. His peace will have no end. And you wonder why the Apostle Paul in so many of the epistles opens up, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. The coming of the Prince of Peace. And when is that? You can read in Daniel 9, the out, the, uh, which outlines the coming of our Lord and Savior. Paul writes uh, in this fulfillment of Isaiah in Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the fullness of, that, of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. God's sovereignty in fulfillment of his divine plan. Luke 1, starting in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne 
of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, for I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In Luke 1, we read that Gabriel visits Mary to proclaim the good news to her. We start out by reading that it was in the sixth month, that sixth month referring to Elizabeth's pregnancy. We read that Gabriel, one of four angels named in Scripture, the others being Michael and the two fallen angels, Lucifer, or Satan, and Abaddon, the king of the abyss in Revelation 9. Gabriel visits and visits Mary, but before that, in verse 19, visits Zacharias and tells him the good news about Elizabeth, as we read in verse 36. Not only was Mary to become pregnant, but Elizabeth was as well, who was barren. We learn also in, in Luke that Gabriel describes himself as a messenger from God. Verse 19, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. This good news is of the birth of our Lord and Savior. It's, it's also important to remember or to note that both Joseph and Mary are of the line of David. They are his descendants. This is important because it fulfills prophecy. Like as we read in Jeremiah 23, 5, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. We can see the genealogy of both Mary and Joseph in Matthew 1 for Joseph and Mary. Uh, we see in Luke 3, both are of the line of David, as just as the prophets have said. And Mary will conceive within her womb a blessed babe through the Holy Spirit, again in fulfillment of the prophecies. And his name would be Jesus, Emmanuel. At the opening of the service, I read from Micah 5, which was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. In verse 2, we read that Christ's work was from the days of eternity. In the ESV translation, it says, from the days of old, from ancient days. There are promises of the birth of Christ from Genesis through the Old Testament. Christ did not originate at his birth, as we well know, although the world will see it differently. He was in the beginning with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. The nativity is not the beginning of his story. It's a part of the pre-planned, foretold, divine intervention to give mankind hope. Jesus humbled himself in full obedience and took on the form of mankind. To fulfill prophecy, to redeem us from our sins, but also so that saints could believe. Towards the end of his life, as recorded in John 18, Jesus was led from Caiaphas to Pilate to be put on trial. In verse 37, therefore Pilate said to him, so you are a king. What did Jesus say? 
Duh. No. Jesus answered, you said correctly that I am a king. For this, for this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus took the form of a newborn, the quintessential baby in the manger scene that is captured in Song and Nativities. Our Lord and Savior became flesh and blood to be tempted, mocked, beaten, and hung on a cross. This was all part of God's divine plan, his redemptive plan that the perfect would come for the imperfect. We sing in the carol, Hark the Angels Sing, in the third verse, Hail the heavenly born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all he brings, Risen with healing in his wings, Mild he lays his glory by, Born that we may no more may die, Born to raise us from the earth, Born to give us second birth. What an amazing gift that is. The baby that came, innocent in nature, born of the Virgin Mary, is the greatest gift that we could have ever received. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. There's no other way to describe it as that. It is indescribable. Until the day that the Lord calls us home, we will never fully understand the magnitude of the gift that we have been given free of charge. 